Oh, hair loss. Oh my goodness, it's such a big thing with women. And you'll hear me talk in today's episode with my guest about hair loss. And you know, it and I and I bring up the topic of it being shameful. And it just is. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean when when you're a woman, right? And you have a bald spot. And a friend of mine who is also on my podcast, Lisa, Dr. Lisa, and we talked about keto and all that good stuff. But she was telling her story of how she experienced her hairdresser literally finding a bald spot and her walking around not knowing that she even had it. And then her mom points it out. And so she becomes very self-conscious and very shameful about this, this hair loss. And it wasn't all, all of her head although many of you are suffering from hair loss throughout your head or just thinning or your hair is dry and brittle. And I've talked about this before on other podcasts too. It's one of these topics that women are just searching and searching and searching for answers. And there's so much information out there. It's almost hard to weed through it all. There's a lot of confusion. If you go back to my podcast, goodness, I don't even know how long this was. But Jay Campbell and I did a two-hour podcast on hair loss. And so much of the media and advertising is focused on men and and male pattern baldness and hair plugs and Rogaine. But now they have a Rogaine for women. Well, don't use that because your hair is going to fall out once you stop using it. And it's also male-centric. And guys, listen, if you're listening, I get it. That's an issue for you too. We are not discounting you whatsoever. Please know we are not discounting the men. That is that is a serious problem for guys too. I just think from a, I guess, self-esteem point of view, it hits women a lot harder. And you know, we just tend to really hyper-focus on something that we don't like. So, you know, if you have a pooch belly, your eyes go to that and that's what you focus on and no one else may notice. So you might be losing your hair and nobody else might notice at all. And you are, your eyes are going right to that and that's what you are focusing on. That's what you're thinking about on a daily basis. And then if that hair loss is combined with other, let's say, thyroid symptoms. So let's say you're battling weight too and you're constipated and you're so tired that you don't even understand. You have that hypo tired. Then all of that is just combining to take your focus off of the day-to-day and you, you get pulled literally out of the present moment and you get pulled into your mind and your focus on those things that you don't like. Now, is that being human? Sure. I don't have an answer for how to change focus. All I can, you know, that's a mindset thing. But all I can tell you is there's answers for your hair loss. So the last thing that I will ever tell you is deal with it. Learn to live with it. You will never hear that come out of my mouth because by God, we will find a way. I had a patient the other day. We have everything perfect. Now, this is the second patient I've had probably in 10 to 15 years that everything else we have nailed. We have her thyroid optimized, hormones optimized, energy's up, weight loss is happening, digestion is perfect, skin is great. The only thing left is the hair loss. So I've, I've had two patients, literally two, 
And I told her this the other day. I said, you're literally one of two that I've had in all of these years. I mean, at least 15 years that I can think of. That that last piece was the hair loss piece. And we needed to figure out another answer because it wasn't hormone related. It wasn't thyroid related. Maybe it's just genetics. Maybe it's inflammation that is literally affecting how the nutrients are getting to the follicle itself. Maybe it's the shampoo that she's using, but we need to figure it out. So in those cases, maybe we do have to, let's say we've, we've fixed your thyroid, we got your hormones balanced. As Jay Campbell and I talk about, it's not DHT related. You don't want to start using the over-the-counter stuff. Biotin does not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Biotin doesn't work. But things like increasing your protein intake, increasing circulation to the scalp, so massaging the scalp, getting one of those, you know, those little finger thingies that like massage your head. Well, that's also stimulating circulation. Using red light therapy, possibly going the route of of PRP injections, platelet-rich plasma injections that they are now doing for hair loss, especially for women. Guys, you can get it too, by the way. And then using my favorite is when Jay and I were talking is the Asir Custom Oxano Grow. So it has GHKCU in it and copper peptide and it has C60. So I also do recommend, by the way, ingesting C60. We can put that link in the show notes and we'll put the Oxano Grow link in the show notes. Ingesting C60 and we'll do a separate podcast on just that because there's so much great stuff with that, like reducing cytokine storms and reducing inflammation. And it's a potent antioxidant, but it does great, great things for hair. So with the Oxano Grow, you have GHKCU, which I've talked about extensively, has been out, was discovered in 1973. And we don't hear about it. Why? Because big pharma can't package and market it. Big pharma can package Retin-A because it's a prescription, ladies. And that's all you hear for your skin is Retin-A, Retin-A. Look up GHKCU. Look it up. I, I Here, here's my challenge. Go look it up. Look it up on PubMed. Look it up on Google Scholar. And if you're listening because of hair loss, look up GHKCU and hair loss. Oh my gosh, your mind will be blown at the studies that are out. And you'll be thinking, why the hell didn't we know this before? Why hasn't anybody told us this before? Why are we, we being pushed Retin-A for our skin and Rogaine for our hair? And Retin-A just makes you red and flaky and dry. I can't even do it. I can't do it. And Rogaine makes your hair fall out as soon as you stop using it. Minoxidil, Propecia. Propecia makes you want to kill yourself. Did you know that? Suicidal thoughts. It's a real thing. Go back and listen to my, my podcast with Jay. But that's why I like the Asir Custom because it is GHKCU. And I have had many, many, many patients. And Julie and I don't get into this too much, but I've had many patients come back to me and say, this is the bomb. Now, you got to use it, right? You have to use it daily, nightly, whenever you want to put it on. I put it on at night because the second serum with the C60 has a little bit of an oil tinge to it. So, guys, you could use it and it's kind of like a styling mousse. Ladies, we use it and we're like, man, my hair is flat. So I use it at night and wash it out the next day and then style my hair the next day. And you have to be consistent. And when you throw a little bit of red light therapy on there, 
And listen, red light caps are everywhere. Now, I like the Mito red light. Um, that's the one that I stand in front of. So I'll put the GHKCU on my scalp. And then I'll literally just tilt my head and stick my head right up against the red light. Same thing when I put the, the Royal Blue and Sky Blue GHKCU serum and cream on my face. I'll put my face right up to the red light for like a minute, two minutes, something like that. It improves absorption, improves circulation, and red light therapy has been shown to improve collagen synthesis. So when you combine it with the GHKCU, bam, oh my God, you have miracles. So this is why I like to focus on hair loss. And we've done a couple podcasts on this, but I think it's nice to get different points of view, talk to different people, because this is a topic that piques interest all the time, anytime that we talk about it. And who knows what what new stuff is out there. Like I said, until I met Jay, I had no idea that GHKCU was on the market since 1973. Well, it was discovered in 1973. I was pulled into, I mean, because I'm a big aesthetics person. I have 5 million different face creams that they all got thrown out once I started using the Royal Blue Sky Blue, GHKCU. And once I started looking into the research of GHKCU, and, and seeing that, oh my gosh, it's been hidden from us. So the research is out there. It is the bomb. I promise you that. So I encourage you all to do your own research, but I also encourage you to have hope that there is an answer to this hair loss thing. So today we're going to talk to an expert in hair loss, women's hair loss. This is what she focuses on. This is her niche, Miss Julie Olson. She is a wealth of knowledge. So please enjoy this episode. Definitely check the show notes. We'll put the links in there of everything that I just talked about and do your own research and give it a try. Give the things that we're talking about today a try. Do it both and. Remember, I always talk about both and. So go ahead and use the Asira Custom Oxano Grow Serums. Go ahead and get the red light and do the things that Julie's talking about with improving your diet and you will see results. You will see results. Now, if, your thi- if it's your thyroid or hormones, we got to work on that first. Got to work on that first. But we have to do both in. We got to get everything balanced out and then the magic happens. So don't lose hope. Hair loss, hypothyroidism, your gut. It's a real struggle for women. Real struggle. And I can't tell you how often I get questions and DMs and text messages daily saying, Dr. Amy, my hair is falling out. My hair is thinning. It's driving me crazy. And it's, it's, you know, on a personal level for women, we become very, very self-conscious about it. So it is one of the symptoms of hypothyroidism. It's tied into so much more than just your thyroid. We're going to be talking about that today with my guest, Julie Olson. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but then we'll let you, we'll let her tell you her story as well. So Julie Olson, and she has a ton of letters after her name. I'm going to let her get into everything that she is certified, certified nutritionist, board certified in holistic nutrition, certified gluten-free practitioner. And she is known for restoring women's hair and health by getting their bodies back into balance and resolving what's wrong so they look and feel their very best, which is what we all want to do. We all want to look and feel our best. She's transformed over 1,500 people's health. It's Julie's personal experience with overcoming her own health struggles of hair loss, autoimmunity, chronic fatigue, anemia, H. pylori that's tied to the gut, and other gut imbalances, a whole bunch of other gut imbalances. (laughs) 
pair that up. And this is this is really what we see so much in in our space, Julie, is personal struggles. So here you are pairing up all of your struggles with your former training in holistic nutrition, functional medicine, and then you're able to empower women to to just live their best life. I mean, you're here 10 years of experience, collaboration with functional medicine doctors, integrative practitioners, a national health food store. I mean, your 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 list is long and your experience is deep and a lot of it stems from personal experience. So Tell the listeners your story of how you got into this space and your struggle with hair loss as well. Well, it started with a devastating phone call. I was actually working as a media research analyst at Warner Brothers on the lot in Burbank, California. I got a call that my mom had stage three breast cancer, just went into emergency surgery the very next day. So I, I soon after that moved back to support her through chemo and radiation, which was horrific. Mm-hmm. And started to look at my health and realized I was putting blinders on my own health. And that's when I was tested for pretty darn high Epstein-Barr virus, gut imbalances, h That's when I became hypothyroid, or at least I found out I was. Right. <laughs> Probably there for a decade and you just right. found out. Right. Right. And I just, you know, I just attributed all that, oh, I have a very competitive job and big social late night social life. And I just work through it. And I think a lot of people do that nowadays. They don't really stop and listen to their body unless something dramatic like that happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what it takes to just, you know, slap us upside the head, but I'm sorry it was that traumatic, but at least it got you on this path and now you're helping people. Yeah. Sure. She, she's actually, a surviving breast cancer, thriving Ooh. breast cancer survivor today. She's in her 80s. <laughs> Go mom. That's awesome. But along the way, my sister got breast cancer. And, you know, my sister is the type that's never even worn makeup. She didn't even wear makeup for her wedding. And mm-hmm. having her hair fall out was the worst thing ever for her. Just the, yeah. the stares she got and how she felt. Having done this for 10 years, working with other conditions, mm-hmm. I always came around to women who, you know, were a hot mess like I was, and I, I fixed them. But hair loss was always a component. There's a lot of exciting new research on the link between that and the, and the gut. Yeah, we have to get into that today because I think, <laughs> well, I know I focus on thyroid and hormones. And I and yes. I definitely tie in the gut. I mean, like I always say on, on these podcasts, the shows, the gut is important. I, I do not discount the gut. I just don't start there, but it definitely plays a role. Like I love the GI map. I love seeing all of that. So it's, it's nice to have someone like you on the show that can expand outward and go, okay, when we are talking about hair loss, which is a real problem, especially in, in my population with women with hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, it is, it, it is shameful. It's embarrassing. You know, you, you don't want to wear a wig, but you don't want to walk around with the hair that you have. Like you and I talked about yesterday, extensions, hair treatments, all of that just can kind of cover the issue, but not get to the root cause. So can you dive into the, the gut and hair loss specifically, like you just said? Right, right. And, and just to layer on what you said, I was looking fine. I, was, I wasn't feeling that bad. I was in shape. And I, I mean, if you had looked at me years ago, you wouldn't have known that, that I was found out I was gluten intolerant. I ended up being anemic. I mean, I was, I actually, and it got so bad 
I, when I moved back to support my mother, I still worked in television, but I literally walked into a dermatologist's office and I was going to get Rogaine because of my hair yeah. loss because I yeah. couldn't think of anything else, but that's a life sentence. And right. I just want to see women do that. I mean, they're on that their entire life or else they're going to have a lot, a ton of hair loss. Hair loss. So yeah, real quick pause there because I want you to repeat that because a lot of listeners are using Rogaine right now. And we said this in other podcasts on hair loss. When you start it, if you stop, your hair will fall out, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. It's unfortunate, but true. We just, we yeah. got to put the truth out there because I know it's, it's that quick fix. It's staring at you. Uh, mm-hmm. I said on another podcast, they even made it pink now. They, they made pink boxes to appeal <laughs> to the female population and still called Rogaine. So, I mean, a lot of people are using it as the Band-Aid. Yeah. And even when women go on these crash diets, sure enough, and it's about three months later where they lose their hair. It's not right away. It's about three months later. Yep. And food yep. sensitivities play a huge role. They, they cause inflammation. They also they cause weight gain as well. And they can really mess with the inflammation in Hashimoto's. Yeah. Food sensitivity. People don't realize that. And nutrient deficiencies, well, duh, but you know what? People might be eating great. I get clients coming to me and they're eating, they're eating like paleo. They're eating, they're eating clean. Yeah. But you start testing and they're not absorbing their protein or their fat. Right. So how can they keep their hair on their head? I mean, <laughs> hair is made mostly of protein. <laughs> and zinc and selenium. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned about protein because across the board, from a nutritionist standpoint, do you notice, and I know we're, we're kind of diverging. We'll get back to the sure. gut, I promise. Sure. But since you mentioned protein, and I have been seeing this so much more lately, I don't know why, women taking in like 50 grams of protein or less per day, even 60 grams or less per day. I tend to shoot for 80 to a hundred. You know, if someone is really low, let's just go. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, total, total. Because just like you said, the hair is made of amino acids, protein. So if your body is using the protein that you're the minimal protein that you're taking in and shuttling it to your muscles, which is a big amino acid source, using it to, you know, your heart, different cells, then what's left for your hair if you're low in protein. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't want to divert too far from the gut, but that's a very important thing. Right. Right. But Amy, that has to do with the gut because our, if our gut's not um, digesting and absorbing those nutrients, I mean, it all starts there. I just have a, a new client. She's 15 and she's a vegetarian and she's losing her hair like crazy. And yeah. I mean, right there, I mean, her, her labs are horrific, but even L-lysine, L-lysine an amino acid you get from you know, quality protein still yep. animal is the best quality protein because you get all the essential amino acids. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. I know people, I'm sure you deal with people too, that are vegetarian or vegan for, you know, some religious region or you know just because yeah i try to talk them out of it but yeah yeah i do too (laughs) i try to i try to bring them to the other side (laughs) dark side but uh yeah but some people listen like you said for religious beliefs some people we just got to work around it and and supplement with collagen or supplement with other proteins but uh, you're right protein is a huge component and and breakdown and assimilation of the protein that you're eating is important so you could shove all the protein down your mouth that you want but sure. if your gut's all messed up and you're not breaking it down and digesting it, not going to matter. 
What are the first steps when a patient comes to you, a new client comes to you, you're specializing hair loss. First, what do you test to look at? What are your favorite markers or, or tests to look at with the gut? Well, I do. I like to do the stool test. Yep. GI map. Do you like that I like, one? I use GI map. I sometimes use the one from Vibrant or Genova. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like GI map a lot. And that'll tell a lot about not only if they're absorbing nutrients, but, you know, dysbiosis. And oh, I love it. Can, uh, yeah. And I then there's that. a food sensitivity test I, I use that uh, tests is not only for IgG, but IgG4, IgA, IgE, and the complements, and, and Candida. So that's okay. about 88 to 90 foods. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's a good baseline of where you start. Now, I'm going to get a little controversial with your food sensitivities real quick. Okay. With the food sensitivity, obviously, you're looking at their intake form. You're looking at the foods that they eat on a regular basis. You're looking at maybe how they respond to them. But with food sensitivities, the testing-wise, the testing, I have always heard, and um, one of my – I actually worked with uh, Dr. Dan Pompa years ago – but okay. we both went into the functional medicine space and he did food sensitivity testing. Now I'm going to clarify most likely it was IgG only yeah. uh, did food sensitivity testing on himself and a bunch of patients and did it every single day and came up with different results each and every time. So is, is the test that you run? And I have a feeling you're going to say yes, but with looking at that IgE component, which is actually an, an al- like that allergic reaction. And then you said IgG4, all those other components, just, that gives you a more accurate result, right? Right. Right. I think so. There's, you're right. There's a ton of controversy about food sensitivity testing. I mean, it's ridiculous. And there's only two tests on the entire market that I trust. They have they They look at everything besides the IgG, and especially the IgG. A lot of people that are compromised, their health is compromised, such as myself. My IgG just runs really low. Like it's, if you look at it, it's below 600. It's, okay. it's abnormal. So they can take those tests and they're, they're a complete waste of money. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I hear you. There's, there's controversy about them, but I've had a huge success you know, with candida, getting people mm-hmm. over candida, Hashimoto's getting their C-reactive protein way down. Yep. Getting the inflammation, even getting their Hashimoto's numbers down. And it, it all circles back to the gut and hair health and inflammation because inflammation is a component of thyroid disease, Hashimoto. I mean, all autoimmune, alopecia. Yep. It all starts with inflammation. Yeah. Every disease starts, starts with inflammation. <laughs> Every disease does. <laughs> So, okay. So now I'm a client coming to you. I'm saying okay. my main struggle is hair loss. We're doing all the, this testing and, and then what, like, are there, are there specific nutrition programs that you utilize that work really well? Are there specific supplements that you like, like kind of what path then do you take people down? I like to use the five R protocol. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine. They call it the five R framework to gut restoration and a lot of labs call it the five R phase to, or the five phased approach. But the first phase is remove, the second's replace, third repopulate, fourth repair, and then fifth rebalance. The first phase takes the longest and is the hardest because you're removing anything that's negatively affecting the GI tract. So that's not only foods, you know, food sensitivities, but biotoxins and 
parasites, problem bacteria, yeast. I mean, the list usually goes on and on with somebody the more you dig. And that takes the longest, the toughest for most people. Right. Now, yeah. how do you, what, what marker do you use to, to figure out the absorption? Like, what are you looking at specifically to find out whether they are breaking down their food properly? Oh, gosh, the micronutrient test, the mm-hmm. ion test, the organic acid test. So that's where you personalize it for them. Yeah. yeah. Even the GI map. Yeah. It just, mm-hmm. it, and also it depends on their budget. These tests get expensive. As you know. I know. I know. And that's where, yeah. And, and I'm always saying on this show too, I really, when I'm working with patients, I try to keep their budget in mind. I don't like a lot of functional tests to, to add it on, like sure. layer it on to a person. Sure. Like, let's get this one. Let's get that one. I like using sure. one or two that are targeted, that are going to give us the information that we absolutely need. And then we can kind of go by your symptoms, by lab work that's covered by insurance. Sure. So it, it sounds like you're a lot like me. Like you have a lot of tools in your tube belt, but which ones are we going to use yeah. and which ones fit into a, a person's budget? So, And which ones do you normally like to use? Well, so I do love the GI map for for functional testing. So I do my best to go by the, the, just the labs. So even if we can get a CMP, CBC, um, I don't know if you know Kylie Burton, but she was on my podcast before. She's amazing at reading labs and teaching practitioners how to read labs. So she can even look at a CBC with diff and look at the eosinophils. And if those are high, Mm -hmm. there might be parasites. I mean, she can really kind of break it down to look at the components of labs that are covered. So that's why I like to start. But then listen, if we have to branch out, then we're doing a GI map, then we're doing organic acid, then we're doing a saliva test for heavy metals or for your cortisol. Yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day, our hormones are produced in the gut. So however we figure it out, (laughs) it's... And that's an excellent point too. Yes, you're, uh, so much is produced in the gut. So your hormones are produced in the gut. T4 to T3 conversion occurs in the gut. So that's tying sure. back to the thyroid. Sure. Serotonin is produced in the gut. 90% right, of serotonin. 80, 89% of serotonin is produced in the right. gut. People never realize that. Yep. And, yeah. and when you hear it, you're like, oh my gosh. And again, for those who aren't familiar, serotonin is your your happy neurotransmitter happy hormone have a neurotransmitter so yeah so the gut plays a huge role so now you're taking them through the five hours you're working on repair you're personalizing the program how soon because i know this is going to be a big question how soon do people start to see their hair coming back or back to life it can be i mean i like to say 90 days but it really depends on how close they follow the program or not if they're yeah. not going to follow the program, they're not going to see results. Compliance is key. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think starting with phase one or removing everything to get a baseline is, is a good idea. And also, like you, I have someone on my staff, uh, Selena. She does the epigenetics. The oh, yeah. She oh. takes regular labs and she's amazing. She can take, yeah, like the regular blood labs from LabCorp and just tear them apart, look at them functionally. And then replacing, I, I'm big also into digestive enzymes. I love them. Yes. Yeah. Ox bile. I mean, there's different ones and even B complex. A lot of those labs show if you're deficient in Bs, which help with methylation or not. And then repopulating, not only with, you know, prebiotics and probiotics, but fermented foods, um, repair and, you know, with different nutrients to help with the, the gut. 
And then just rebalancing, which you want them to do all along, sleeping and managing their stress and social support and, you know. All of that plays such a huge (laughs) role. It just does. So you mentioned really quick, I want to pause you on the probiotics because as you know from your clients, people take them left and right every day because they read on a Facebook post or they heard on Dr. Oz the probiotics are good for you. And do you recommend probiotics on a daily basis to your clients to repair their gut? I don't. Yeah, neither neither do I. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you you for expanding and having my back on that one. Uh, That drives me crazy when I see probiotics used on a daily basis. So you had mentioned natural way, like real food ways to re-inoculate the gut, like kombucha, bone broth. Is that what you tend to go for with your clients and basically say, hey, let's get a variety of different strains of probiotics in the mix? I rotate all year long with dairy-free probiotic, lactobacillus, you know, and now they're, they're discovering new ones every day. You can only get so many. So you already made those guys happy right? In your gut. Mm-hmm. I rotate them all year long. Every month, they're taking a different probiotic. Bingo. Thank <laughs> you. Somebody else said it. And that's the truth. We have trillions of gut bacteria. We don't even know the strains that we have. So if you are feeding, and like you said, making those little guys happy, if you're making those same little guys happy, they're super happy. But what about the guys that aren't getting fed at all? What about right. those trillions and trillions right. and trillions that you're not feeding because you're taking the same damn probiotic every right. single day? And they're just getting pissed off and they're going to crowd out the good guys and overcome. And I we saw, see that. I saw, when I worked in the health food store, I saw all the time people came in. Well, I'm I'm using this probiotic. It worked at first, but it's just not working anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. I'm sure you saw a ton working in the health food store. Oh, Oh my gosh. You wanted to cringe. But no, it's true. Just you you have to cycle them through. Even going, like you said, into the non-dairy, into Um, spore-based. Spore-based. You love spore-based? Yeah, Yeah. I love spore-based. Yeah, they're great. They're fantastic, especially if you have gas, spore-based are great. And then using real foods that nature gave us that actually contain probiotics and prebiotics to re-inoculate the gut. Right, right, right. And then then you get into SIBO, and it's so questionable questionable whether probiotics and prebiotics actually can make certain types make SIBO worse. Right. Right. So you're, you're talking about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. overgrowth. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and you're right with, with SIBO, when we know that someone has it, you kind of got to be careful. I tend to do like, I I call it like a, like a hard and fast re-inoculation with like a 250. I use um, designs for health probiomed 250. Mm -hmm. Boom. Do it for a week. Just re-inoculate the crap out of the gut, and then yes. we can work on actually treating the SIBO. Especially like like we said earlier, the GI map, and we were talking about the good guys and the bad guys and the good bacteria and the ones that aren't getting fed. You can see that on a GI map. Right. So there are specific strains of probiotics that need fed because they're starving because you took the same damn probiotic for years and years. <laughs> then. <laughs> then, you know, we can actually see which ones are serving out and which ones are in like sure. overpopulation. Sure. And then when we're talking about foods and well, really nutrients. Sure. So you have a, a top 10 list of nutrients for beautiful, healthy hair. 
So we talked a little bit about protein already. Hair fibers mm-hmm. are sure. made up of protein. So right. let's go into these other ones because these are really good and, and we can kind of deep dive into each one. Vitamin D. Oh my God. I say all the time, if there's one vitamin that you could take now, I, I kind of like iodine better than vitamin D now, but yeah. they're, they're kind of, they're neck and neck. Vitamin D sure. is so vital. <laughs> Absolutely. You said on another podcast that biotin is really doesn't do much for hair loss. And you're exactly right. I mean, it helps with dry, brittle hair. And everyone thinks, oh, biotin and hair loss. I, I need more biotin. And it's in right. every hair loss supplement. Yep. But it's really last on the list. It just didn't fit last on the list here because of the way these were arranged. But it's not. It's not what people think. I, I did a deep dive in into make making a list on this but yeah vitamin a yeah vitamin a is next i mean vitamin a really helps with your skin and your gut as well helps make that the oil and and the conditions for your scalp so it's essential for healthy hair growth it also stimulates the growth of the hair follicle stem cells oh oh that's interesting i didn't know that yeah yeah okay and vitamin a is good for autoimmunity as well and then my favorite is niacin the flushing niacin Okay, so expand on that because that is in uh, the the B Supreme by Designs for Health that mm-hmm. I recommend to patients. Of course, it has a little bit of biotin in it. It has all the different Bs in it in their methylated form, and it has niacin. And every so often, I'll get a patient that says, "Well, I got really like red and flush, and it must be the niacin in it." But how is that beneficial to the hair? Because a big problem with hair loss and hair thinning is that the nutrients are not getting to your scalp. So niacin, the flushing type, it dilates the capillaries and also, you know, cleans out the buildup of calcium and DHT that can otherwise mm-hmm. greatly inhibit follicle hair growth. Yeah. Very nice. That, I'm glad you expanded on that because I, I actually always wondered why niacin was in a B complex too. And then iron, we talk about iron a lot on this podcast about how we want the ferritin level adequate for T4 to T3 conversion yeah. of the thyroid. So how is that? So the iron is also imperative for the follicle and the root. That's how right. it's, it's basically fed to the hair shaft. Yeah. Yeah. Are fed by the nutrient rich blood supply. And so if you have an iron deficiency, the follicles, be, well, they become nutrient deficient. And it negatively affects the normal cycle of hair growth and can lead to excessive shedding of hair. That's one reason. The first time, that was one of the reasons I lost my hair because I didn't realize I was celiac. I got anemic. I wasn't absorbing my nutrients. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I I mean, we we see low ferritin levels across the board with hypothyroidism. So sometimes it's the hypo and just, you know, not enough T3 to grow the hair, to take you through that hair growth cycle. Of, of the growing phase, the dormant phase, the falling out phase. Right. But then there's also ferritin that is so imperative in and of itself. Because like you said, when we, when we look at low ferritin levels, it's important for T4 to T3 conversion, but it's important for your hair. And this is why with the iron. Right. And to look at the, the saturation of the iron too. Look at all the, look at all the different iron testing methods you can. No, we, I like a full panel and, yeah. and what you're doing, you're trying like the total iron, right. the saturation, TIBC, and then ferritin. So a lot right. of people will exactly. get all of it, but they won't get the ferritin. Yeah. 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 It's important yeah. to look at all those to get the whole big picture. The whole big picture. And then fatty acids. I mean, listen, we, you and I grew up in a, in an age of low fat, low fat, oh. low fat. 
<laughs> and you need the fat for your hair follicles. I mean, deficiency. So you can actually see lightening of hair color if you right. don't get enough fatty acids. That is interesting. Yep. Selenium. Uh, the, selenium is a pain in my ass because here's what happens. People will read that selenium is good for their oh, hair, good for their too much. They're they're popping like results. Uh, like they're going, they're taking 200 micrograms of selenium a day. Then it goes too high. So this yeah. is a sweet spot nutrient, correct? Yeah, it's very important. I tell people, I call the, them selenium nuts, Brazil nuts, but they should only eat two. And the right. same thing happens. They think, oh, they're full of selenium. So I'll just eat the whole bag. You know, more, more is better. Is better. <laughs> no. more Even is with my niece, all these nutrients, we know, Amy, people can go to Dr. Google or Dr. Nutritionist or whatever yep. online and they can take this list I made and go, oh, I'm going to fix my hair. But yep. it's, it's individual. But how many milligrams, how many IUs is individualized for each person? It's called bioindividuality, which mm -hmm. obviously deal with every single day. But it's so important because people can get really sick. Yeah. If they take too much and obviously, you know, you're deficient, but you can also take too much and end up in the hospital. So manganese, since you're on the magnesium, I'm going to jump over. We always talk yeah. about zinc. Zinc is, I mean, across the board, listen, sure. if you're low in zinc, you're screwed. Your, your thyroid is going to be in the tank. Your hair is going to be falling out. You're probably going to be losing muscle. Your testosterone is going to be in the tank too. Sure. So we know about zinc. Going to manganese, can we replace manganese with a good magnesium supplement? Or where is manganese found? In a, a trace mineral supplement. Trace minerals, yeah. I do like trace minerals. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we hit all the nutrients that you have on mm -hmm. your list. This is what it looks like if you're walking in to work with Julie and you have hair loss. And this is it. This is what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at nutrient status. We're going to be looking at your gut. We're going to be doing the five R's to repair. That's Did you see that cool. study where um, the patient had a fecal transplant fecal transplant yes and, and, and that, he had alopecia within four weeks his hair grew back it's crazy so just so the oh. listeners know fecal transplants are kind of in the in coming up in the medical realm right and you don't hear about it a lot but it's being used for autism parkinson's weight loss um anything with the brain because there's that strong gut brain connection but so in in the case that you provided it actually helped with alopecia yeah well that, and they, they've done two other studies i think with two other women younger women same thing fecal transplant yeah. Mm -hmm. They had alopecia, boom, their hair started going back. So. And and just to kind of expand on what it is, they're literally taking the feces of a healthy person. So there's a lot of testing and studying that, mm -hmm. that has to be done to determine whether or not that fecal transplant is, is doable or adequate or appropriate for that individual patient. Right. So the, the donor of the feces is actually thoroughly tested and then see i'm not I, I i'm not versed in fecal transplants but basically it it's the breakdown of the bacteria the structure of the feces that actually can change our gut so then yeah. when we take it in and i'll give you an example there was one study where the donor had anxiety but they used the donor's poop anyways for the fecal transplant mm -hmm gave the person that was taking the fecal transplant for other reasons, 
gave that person who did not have anxiety, anxiety. So things yeah. can be, you have to yeah. test it early, but there's, there's a lot of implication for fecal transplant, I think in the, the medical realm right now. There, it shows that there's a lot of hope and how the microbiome is really linked to our whole body. It, it's systemically our whole body. And now the new thing, I sent you a study on it. They're calling it the follicle, like the hair microbiome. Yeah. They're linking as a, as a new microbiome, our hair and the inflammation associated with it is a whole microbiome within itself. You know, they're saying that the gut brain axis, the, mm-hmm. the gut skin axis, now it's the gut hair axis. And that that's really new and very exciting, especially because the alopecia is, is, is really tricky. It's autoimmune where they, like Hashimoto's, it eats away at the thyroid. Alopecia right. eats away at the hair follicle. So a lot yeah. of hope there. And, and then the link with leaky gut. I mean, I, I know your listeners now know that leaky gut is not, it's systemic. It's your whole body. Right, right. Doesn't just mean your gut. Doesn't just mean you're going to get diarrhea. It is It is your whole body. When we say leaky gut, it's a systemic inflammatory right. response of the body. So that's part of a, a key component in autoimmune. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that as well. So my other question, so I have one question from a viewer for you, and then I want you to tell people how they can get in contact with you if they're interested in finding out more of how to work with you. So a lot of people didn't know about Rogaine. One particular person said, my doctor recommended Nutrafol Nutrafol for my hair. And I see that it has 200 micrograms of selenium in it. So can you talk about all the hair, skin and nails, Nutrafol, all the, all these supplements that are targeting women with hair loss on the market and what we should look for and and what we should avoid? They really need to get with someone like myself or you and, and start over. They need to remove everything and start at the beginning and build from what they have because something is out of balance. They've got Mm -hmm. inflammation. That's what's causing their hair loss. They can buy those supplements and they'll do some good, but honestly, they spend their money much better by getting to the root cause. Causes, there's always more than one root cause and building from there. I agree. Very well said. Very well (laughs) said. And I can tell the frustration in your voice because I have it too. When people just... (laughs) Willy and Nelly buy supplements because they heard about it or their doctor yeah. told. I mean, listen, even your dog, I I even have doctors say, oh, just take kelp for iodine or just take, just go to, go to the vitamin world and CVS and just buy some magnesium. Like, no, you want a good quality and you don't want to just be stacking supplements to take care of things. You, you want to target them. So I don't know about you, but when I'm working with, I, I, tar- I say we're only going to use things that are therapeutically necessary. We're using this for this. And this is going to move this number. And this is going to improve this. It's not right. just like, yeah, just try a bunch of this stuff, different stuff, right. like selenium, biotin. No, it's about targeting it to that person. Right. I mean, Amy, you really know what you're talking about. I mean, I hear you talk about quality supplements and that's so important with the food, the food, you know, you're, you're it's only as good as what you digest and absorb the same with the supplements. If you're going to get a crappy supplement, full of fillers, you're not going to digest or absorb much of anything. It can, uh, it can hurt, be hurtful. Yeah. Most of those supplements out there, they're not, you know, they're not practitioner grade. Right. There, there can be bad consequences. It's, it's important to work with a practitioner that knows quality supplements and 
the dosing for you in particular. Yeah, could do more harm than good. Exactly. Exactly. You know. No, Julie, if you could tell the listeners how they can reach out to you if they are interested, and of course we'll put all of your links in the show notes, but okay. if someone's interested in reaching out, how do we find you? Sure, I have a website. You can Google Julie Olson or Fortitude Functional Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Do you want them to email better, connect with you on social and DM? How do they connect directly with you? Email just go to your website. Or my website or any of the above. I have a phone number. I have an office number you can call on. You can call there too. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your knowledge, your specialty of hair loss. Obviously, we touch on this a lot in the thyroid world, but it's nice to get an insider view, a, a specialist view on hair loss because it's, it's a big thing for women. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Julie. And you keep helping people. This is what we need. We need we need to have women like you helping other women that are struggling. Oh, you too. You keep up the great work. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Amy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 